0: Hello, and welcome to a podcast on an introduction to American history. Last year, we began our study of history with a discussion about whether or not the academic discipline of history can be studied objectively. You may recall the short video clip we watched featuring two contrasting historians on Scotland's status in the world, and this was at the time of the 2014 independence referendum. These historians, Niall Ferguson, and Tom Devine, had um, competing political views and the point we tried to make last year was whether or not political views in the present day could influence consciously or subconsciously historical research. My own view is that history is rarely objective and as a result it is desirable for historians to make clear, when possible, their beliefs where they lie perhaps on the political spectrum. This is my take on history and how it should be um, studied and um, it should be noted however that many historians do regard themselves as apolitical. We should therefore assume that these historians who hold such views do not actually hold such views and that they probably do not vote or have opinions on social, political, moral or economic issues. After one year of attending my classes, you possibly already have an inclination of how I think history should be studied. My preference is to look at history from below. The experiences, good and bad, of ordinary people, rather than examining kings, queens, military leaders, prime ministers, presidents, and so on. Our study of American history will follow this path wherever possible that therefore includes looking at working people native americans women african americans and those who feel that they have been oppressed within american society on your sway presentation you'll see photographs of two men antonio Gramsci and howard zinn Gramske was a radical thinker and he is the social theorist Uh, responsible for the uh, incredibly popular concept of hegemony. His desire to educate the poor and the working class in Italy led to his arrest by Mussolini's fascist police, and he died in an Italian prison cell in 1937. Now, another one of uh, Gramsci's uh, concepts is known as the organic intellectual. Here, Gramsci refers to intellectuals within the working class who would educate the working class themselves in order to overcome the bourgeois education and ideology that is presented to the working class in capitalist society via schools and the mass media. What does this have to do with American history? Well, the second photograph in this way presentation is historian Howard Zinn, who passed away in 2010. It could be argued that Zinn was an upfront, honest and open, organic intellectual, as described by Antonio Gramsci, a member of the working class who wished to teach and educate other members of the working class. It was Zinn's aim as a professor and author To use his books to teach working class history to the working class, although many of his students would have been middle class college students. I want you to buy Zinn's book this year. You do not have to agree with Zinn's interpretation of American history and there is a real possibility that some of you will be able to critically evaluate Zinn's writings as you study his uh, book A People's History of the United States. Zinn's book has unquestionably caused uh, controversy over the years, in part because he is incredibly critical of American foreign policy. Not long after Zinn died, Arizona Governor Mitch Daniels described Zinn's People's History as a truly execrable, anti-factual piece of disinformation that misstates American history on every page. This is a book that I wish for you to buy. Daniels also called for the book to be banned in Indiana, and in Arkansas in 2017, Republican State Representative Kim Hendren put forward a bill for Zinn to be banned in Arkansas schools. Not only did the bill fail, um, without any problem whatsoever, But the um, controversy surrounding Hendren's suggestion resulted in Arkansas libraries being swamped with requests for Zinn's book. Whilst at the same time, approximately 700 copies of Zinn's People's History were sent to Arkansas schools and libraries from Zinn fans across the United States. At this point, you should pause this podcast and watch the 8-minute Democracy Now! clip on the Sway presentation. The views of Mitch Daniels, which are referred to in this clip, are unsurprisingly widespread and in the week that I am recording this podcast, President Trump has attempted to undermine the New York Times 1619 project. This project set up by the New York Times Magazine encourages teachers in the United States to teach more African American history. The 1619 Project website is definitely worth looking at. In the summer of 2020, a bill was submitted to Congress called the Saving American History Act. Republican Representative Tom Cotton wants to defund the 1619 Project, claiming that it is false to argue that the United States was founded on the ideals of slavery and oppression. And, in the process, Cotton calls the 1619 Project racially divisive. It should be noted that when the USA was founded, it was a racially divided country and thus racially divisive. Divisive. Even before independence from Britain, the American colonies were also divided along social class lines. When you do eventually get round to buying Zinn's book, you should go to page forty nine, sorry, page forty eight and page forty nine, and here you can read a little bit about some of the examples where Zinn talks about social class. Um, differences that existed in the American colonies. So for example at the top of page 48 Zinn writes At the very start of the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1630 the governor, John Winthrop had declared the philosophy of the rulers In all times some must be rich some poor, some high and eminent in power and dignity others mean and in subjection. It's worth reading all of pages uh, 48 and 49. What Zinn makes clear is that the social relations from the old country were exported across the Atlantic and aristocracy did persist in the United States even after independence and therefore so did inequality and poverty. On page 49, of Zinn's people's history, he gives a description of a poor house that had been established because, this is in New York, because of the unequal relations that existed in that colony, which would eventually become, obviously, the state of New York. Zinn was ultimately an optimist, not an anti-American, but someone who hoped that America could become a fairer and less violent country both at home and abroad. Zinn, it should be noted, had dropped bombs on Germany during World War II as a um, pilot in the American Air Force, and this undoubtedly pushed him towards a pacifist position as his life developed. You might think that um, Zinn... Um, could to some extent be regarded as a little bit of a a visionary because of recent events in the United States. You might think that tearing down of statues or the changing of street names are fairly limited or even pointless acts. But Zinn would argue against this. In 2002, he said, small acts of resistance to authority if persisted in, may lead to large social movements. Ordinary people are capable of extraordinary acts of courage. Those in power who confidently say never to the possibility of change may live to be embarrassed by those words. Now, you might be inspired by Zinn or you may dislike him, but at least he makes discussions about American history interesting. You should now listen to the short audio clip of Zinn introducing his famous book The People's History and you can find this link on the Sway presentation and in the following slide after the audio clip you can find questions to answer on what Zinn says about the purpose of his book. The final question States, Do you agree with Zinn and the French philosopher Albert Camus that in a world of conflict with executioners and victims that you shall be on the side of the victims? Have a think and thank you for listening.